0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Chris, which makes for the 172nd Chris that I've had on the podcast. Uh, But Chris is a huge Souls fan. He started way back with Demon's Souls. Uh, We go through his love of the series. We spend a lot of time on Bloodborne and uh, just just a great conversation overall and uh, he has one of the best answers for what he wants out of from software they got me so excited and so mad that it doesn't exist that now I, i don't even know what to do with myself so as always please enjoy
1: the first game in the series I ended up uh, becoming familiar with was Demon Souls before it came out. Um, I had been playing games my whole life, but then sort of took a little bit of a break in college and then got back into it a little bit after that and uh, had come across a magazine um, that is not around anymore. It was called play magazine, which I think was a British magazine, but then there was an American one as well. And they did a preview for this game, Demon Souls, um, that just sounded really intriguing to me. I, I, a third person action game. I I like that sort of thing. Um, but the way they talked about, you know, not the punishing nature of it, but the, the very detailed nature of it, you know, if you're walking through a hallway and your sword is too big, you won't be able to swing it. And this enemy might not be able to, you know, would be resistant to what you're using. So you're going to change your strategy on the fly and, Oh, and you can't press pause and (laughs) all kinds of other stuff. Um, just sounded interesting, but at that time I didn't have a PS3. So I think I just kind of tucked it away in my brain and, um, and figured that, you know, man, maybe it's something I would see again at some point in the future. And at the time I was, um, so I, I, kind of forgot about it. And, uh, and then later on a year or two later, I think I was maintaining a blog at uh one when that website was still a thing. And, uh, I had it in my mind. My, my friends always tease me because I have a tendency to accumulate a lot of games and not play a lot of games. So, I got to a point where I said, this has to end. I got to get through this backlog somehow. So I sort of made a challenge for myself that I wanted to sort of play through all of the Wii and 360 games that I had accumulated, um, sort of in alphabetical order, right about the experience on the website. And if I could successfully kind of get to the end of the list, my little reward to myself would be a PS3. Uh, because there were some games out at that point that I was curious about that seemed c- cool and... Um, I was trying to remember what it was that actually got me to get one, and it was actually. Do you remember? I think it was back in the summer of 2011. There was this really long PSN outage. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's the one that, yeah. um, like, everybody they, they they got sued for and all that stuff. Like, I think they gave me something because of that, but at some point.
1: Yeah, they were giving away free games or something. Well, I was on a um, work trip. I was away from home for a couple months, and I got an email that looked super sketchy from GameStop saying, Hey, um, if you want to get a PS3 right now, it's a hundred dollars off. And I was like, This this can't be real. But I think it was part of that make good stuff of them trying to sort of appease <laughs> you know, the angry mob of people who weren't able to play games online. So I think I had uh I'd send a note to my wife like, hey, I don't really want to lug this home. Would you be able to go pick this up? Because really <laughs> Hey, you don't need more video games. And I said, yeah, I know. But um, once I eventually did get back from that trip and had my, my PS3 Slim, I think the first games I got were um, probably Uncharted, Little, Big Planet, and Demon's Souls. So, and I remember when I went to go buy the game, um, <laughs> the clerk at this I'll never forget this had said oh you, oh this game you know this game I was like well I'd give right about it. it sounds interesting and and at this point I think dark Souls had been announced but it wasn't out yet and um, he said yeah you know this is it's it's real hard so just you know you remember you, you know what you're getting into and I said yeah sure okay yeah no it sounds good and and there was another clerk he said yeah man totally uh, my friend is really into it and you know if you die a certain number of times it'll actually delete the trophies off your system Oh, okay, I don't think what? that's right. So <laughs> said, yeah, I will, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it sort of, sort, of, sort of went in there and uh, just kind of gripped me immediately. I mean, there was it, there was something about the game. Uh, I, I thought it looked great, which is funny going back to it now, but I, I thought it looked really good. Um, I had no idea what was going on story-wise. It took me a long time to get used to the um sort of the mechanics of what do you mean you use the triggers to swing weapons that's weird that's not how you hit things in games that's what buttons are for um but uh but yeah and it it, it sort of had me plugging away but i'm pretty sure i didn't make it much farther than i don't know, maybe the the phalanx or the iron knight or something like that. <laughs> it was a very very steep climb to get to you know just those early levels
0: yeah that was uh that that first boss like the trip to the first boss and then the first boss was enough to put me for me to put demon souls down for like three years <laughs> until Dark souls came out and kind of got me back into it but uh that's it was it was just really tough like I'd never played anything like that and I thought like well this is this is for like gamers that want to spend a lot of time doing this like this is this game is not for me.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like looking at that, I I was like, okay, so am I doing something wrong? I think I'm doing everything right. And I think I had, there were some real basic, uh, like, advice columns. Uh, There was a writer, Ryan Scott, actually, he's still active on a couple podcasts and stuff, um, who had written an article that was basically, like, you know, real basic tips that you want for, you know, talking about, you know, get behind enemies, because that'll be a good thing. You get some backstabs on them. And um, if something looks too good to be true, like hey, there's a couple glowy things at the bottom of the set of stairs, but there's also some giant dragons in the background. Maybe don't go down there because uh, that's not going to end up well for you. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, if you see a big scary looking dude named Yurt the Silent Chief, maybe don't trust him. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I, I, at some point I did get stuck in the game and I said, okay, well, let me let me look up. Maybe there's a strategy I, I just, I'm not quite getting and Or it might have been an area. I don't remember what it was that I was looking for. And So I go to Google help. And the first thing that comes up is demon souls item duping. Wait, what's that all about? So (laughs) yeah, that's how I got through demons. And, and it was funny because I remember for a long time, whatever, and it's been a while since I've gone back to it, but it's whatever that combination of, you know, finger movements that you would need to kind of duplicate items in that game. I got real good at and kind of, kind of do with my eyes closed. So I think when all was said and done, um at the end of the game I, I i was probably like level 175 but i don't think i ever figured out uh weapon leveling so i think <laughs> i have like a, a regular rapier or something with my weapon. like this it, it made no sense at all that's the but, good thing uh,
0: about uh about like d- demon souls and really dark souls too like you can do all of the item duping and like the souls glitching that you want to but like you still have to be able to beat the boss to progress Yeah, and, and like that's like being level 175 or even being like, like 760 or whatever the max level was in dark souls, uh, this is necessarily like it. Obviously it helps. Like you have like a, a huge health bar, but like, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to tromp all over a boss or anything like that, which I find really interesting because yeah, my, my last run with demons that I did, uh, I, I leaned on the duping a lot. Like I wanted to stay human. It was like, I wanted to like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really want to have the friction of like, I need to go get more grass so that I can heal myself. Like I just wanted to play, um, so, I duped all that stuff and it was a blast. Like, that was just, it just made it so, like, it, it was just a little easier to play the game, but it's still a really hard game. Like, Armored Spider still kill, killed me. So,
1: yeah. And I think that that was one of the things I found consistent across all these games is that I never feel bad, you know, looking up uh, strategies or looking up videos because, and, you know, some people will give you grief about that kind of thing. But as far as I'm concerned, like, you still have to do that stuff so the, just because you kind of know a trick or know how to get around it you still have to execute on it and so it's it's not like looking up a puzzle in a resident evil game or something where you go oh okay click 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 um and you know just do it so that's why i didn't feel bad about that stuff but it, it was still you know despite being leveled to a point where i wasn't steamrolling things like i was still having a really difficult time the whole time but i was able to make progress you know i could still remember um, i didn't understand how this the summoning system worked i didn't understand how invasions worked i the first time the invaded thing came on my screen i think i almost had a heart attack because i had forgotten that that was a part of the game and all of a sudden this big nightmare comes trumping at me in the shrine of storms or so, and i just ran like i didn't know what to do <laughs> i just and i think i eventually like ran into a trap or fell into a hole or something because not intentionally i just had no idea i I'm like i can't do i think at one point i tapped him with my sword and saw nothing happen. And I went, oh God, and I just ran and ran and ran and ran. And and I remember afterwards, um, the guy sent me a message which I still have saved on my system that said, why you run? You know, fun. And I just thought <laughs> that was so good. But then, and then a couple minutes later, um, you know, sent me another, and I just basically said, I don't no this game I'm sorry I got scared I ran away <laughs> and then he immediately sent me another message hey do you need a blue phantom and I went I don't know what that means but, uh, <laughs> but
0: yes absolutely give me one of those but, please <laughs> but sure
1: so yeah and so I had to kind of uh, another thing to look up because I knew that multiplayer was some aspect of this but um, but it, and I didn't figure out how to make that work so I, I did not get to take him up on his offer um, and I don't think I figured out summoning until um, who's the final boss of that game I can't even remember
0: Foss king a lot
1: that's what I want. yeah that's right i that was the only time i um I summoned through that whole first playthrough um and I remember and I was so disappointed because I remember the guy showed up or gal and um came running into my game, ran ahead of me, just d- demolished the boss, and that was it, so i didn't even I don't even think I made it into the arena really like <laughs> I was, it was just like the, the final boss dead I was like, well, oh, that's disappointing, but um but it was cool and it would be something I would definitely go to for the future games. <laughs> so yeah, I, I need to get back to that. I started playing the game again about a year ago. Um, you know, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna play this for real. No no cheating on the levels and stuff, just to see what it's like. And I don't I think I'm somewhere past the armored spider, but um yeah, I'll get back to that at some point.
0: Yeah, it's um i recently um started watching a playthrough of Demon's Souls with these two cats from London kind of swapping the controller every time they die and uh one of them has played it before and one of them hasn't and it's just like Demon's Souls still holds up and absurdly well just watching them go through it like remembering like man this is just really good looking game considering it came out in a decade ago like this is like one of the very few games from that generation that i think can hold up nowadays even at a little bit low res uh so yeah I, I, i i think i still have my ps3 hooked up really just for like that game and maybe like a handful of other ones so
1: yeah, it's 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 worth it for that, and I think I I went I t- took the additional step of even getting a digital copy of it because I said, well, now I don't even have to switch the disc out; I can just have it <laughs> accessible all the time. But yeah, you're right that that kind of has become an isolated Demon Souls machine.
0: What'd you go through next? Did you pick up Dark Souls when it came out, or
1: well, you know, it, it's uh, Dark Souls came out, and I I think I picked it up shortly after um, after it launched because I, I think that was 2011, so that would have been the same year that I played Demon's mm-hmm. Souls. Um, and the first thing I remember thinking, you know, I remember looking at reviews and, and hearing people talk about Dark Souls and how it was basically the sequel. And um, and I remember one of the consistent things was it's so much brighter. Everything is so much less dark and oppressive. And, um, you know, you start in the asylum and I was like, this doesn't seem brighter. And um, one of the things that and you, it's funny you mentioned Demon Souls looking good. I remember when I first booted up Dark Souls, I, I thought it looked worse Like, I thought it somehow didn't look as good as Demon's Souls. Now, granted, I probably was, you know, still in my honeymoon phase with that game. So I (laughs) was trying to find something I didn't like as well. But I probably made it to around the same place most people did at that time, sort of bounced right off of uh, whatever demon is on the bridge. Those thousand names that are very similar. (laughs)
0: It's it's interesting that you say the thing about Dark Souls not looking as good. I think, um, like, I think that there's something. And I played Dark Souls on the 360, where it was arguably worse than the PS3 version, by all accounts. Um, but there was definitely something, like, I thought it looked really good, but there's something I don't know what it is. Like, there, I think Demon Souls has, like, a little bit better atmosphere, or maybe they just, like, gloss over the rough edges a little bit better. Um, but, like, looking back, if you compare those two original versions, not talking, like, obviously the remaster that they've released now, um, it, it does look a little rougher to, than Demons to me.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if it's because, you know, it's a little more open and I think it does things that are way more ambitious than the first game. So maybe that's a side effect of that. But it still looks really, really good. Both of those games look really good. Um, But yeah, and, you know, so I bounced off that game hard. And then I think I I just, which is weird because I I think I understood the basics of, you know, how the game would work, but it just seemed more difficult to me. And I said, well, I've got, you know, a hundred other things I could be playing right now. So, and then I think I might've come back to it around... I don't know, 2013, a couple years later. um, My friends and I have been doing a podcast about games for a couple years now, uh, I think since 2012. And at some point, we got into this thing where we wanted to force each other to play a game we thought that person would hate um, just to make them do it. So, like, one of of the hosts has just really never had any interest in the Portal games. And the, the other two of us just think they're some of the best games ever, so... Made him play those. They made me play a JRPG because it was just, I don't like turn based systems at all. And so they found a really annoying one. I think it was Eternal Sonata or something like that um, for me to play. And then I said, well, I'm going to, I guess you're going to play Dark Souls. <laughs> like, what is that? Oh, this is, not, this is the hard one, right? And it frustrated me because I went back and listened to the episode we recorded about that. And, um, he made it farther than I did. <laughs> and uh, Like, <laughs> somehow, like really hurt my feelings because <laughs> he's talking about these bell gargoyles and I'm just going, yeah. And then thinking in the back of my head, I don't know what he's talking about. Like gargoyles, like okay, <laughs> I, I did better than I did. did um, he keep going just
0: out of curiosity.
1: No, you know, I, he didn't, I don't know how much farther he got. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know where his stopping point was. And I remember saying, well, you know, we can, we can do this together. Like I can come in and help. And, but um, it wasn't until, uh, I, and it, you know, I think we, we never did any co-op stuff in that game. And it wasn't until um, Bloodborne, I think that both of us were into that and then we started playing together. And then he since went to three and two and and got way into the series. So it was fun because I think, there was definitely that thing where when when I got bit by the bug, I got bit hard. And you kind of become this evangelist for the series. And <laughs> people think you're crazy because it's all you want to talk about. And um, so it was nice to get him pulled into that as well. <laughs> um, and, you know, but it was, yeah, I, I think it wasn't until, you know, I played these games. I had a lot of fun with Demon's Souls, but then it was just, you know, the same way I'd had fun with Uncharted 2 or any other game. I didn't really think about it much until... Until Bloodborne, and Bloodborne was the one that, like, really did me in.
0: <laughs> so you didn't, like, jump into... Because I know a lot of people, like, you know, they, they'll play Demon's Souls and Dark Souls, and they immediately, like, go to the internet and find every single thing they could possibly find out about the games. But that, that didn't quite hook you then. It took till 2014 when
1: Bloodborne came out. Yeah, because I think that, you know, Demon's Souls was just a sort of thing in my head that I thought was this unique experience. Dark Souls was a follow-up that didn't grab me, so I just kind of forgot about it. And then um, back in when... <laughs> it was funny, because I remember... Th- th- it stuck with me this reputation of really liking these hard, hard games, and and I did. I I still go back and play through you know NES games and stuff that were just pretty punishing in the, their difficulty. I like that. I like old games. I like video games in general. But um, when uh, I remember when uh, Dark Souls Two was announced by Jessica Alba on like the video game the VGX Awards or Spike TV Awards <laughs> or whatever. It was. Like that's an interesting combination of. People and properties.
0: I remember waking up the next day and um, like going to the something awful thread uh, that you know I was d- doing with you know, that the that, that, that followed Dark Souls at the time is like, why are there five hundred new posts? What has happened? Like I just because I didn't pay attention to the fucking video game awards and right, right. I wasn't really like tuned into Twitter like I was like I am nowadays. So like just literally open up and like what happened? Wait, Je- Al- Jessica Alba? What? <laughs> what is going on?
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, such uh, that it's, it's weird to think about. Yeah, that, oh, those are cringeworthy. Uh, I bet you could go back and watch those on YouTube probably. But um, Johnny yeah, and- does
0: a doesn't a show up like that. Uh they cuz you know, that dude Jeff Gersman has been in the industry for so long.
1: He's got like
0: uh production real stuff from video game companies going back for the last 20 years and um <clears throat> like they had their three new guys uh who were all like in their early 20s, I think watched a 1993 like thing that GameSpot did and It was you weren't to talk about cringeworthy. Like the camera spent a lot of time on booth babes, like a ridiculous amount of time on like slow motion booth babes, and it was like, what are you doing? This is supposed to be about video games. What 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 is this?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That'll be worth going back to. But yeah, it um and you know that game was announced. I kind of forgot about it, but then I can remember the reveal announcement for. Well, I had heard some rumblings about this Project Beast thing, and I I think at that time I didn't really connect in my head that From Software was a company that made these games I liked. Um, But when I first started seeing, you know, when I first heard the announcement and saw whatever that initial reveal trailer for Bloodborne was, I went, oh, now this is interesting. Um, And it was funny because the first thing I thought, and I remember, I think I was watching it with some friends, and I said out loud, and this is this will make sense in a second, but <laughs> they showed their reveal. and I said, Oh, this is Packy loop. And they said, what? And back in college, my girlfriend and I had gone to see this little French art film called brotherhood of the wolf, uh, which I think the French title was Le pacte de la Loupe or something mm-hmm. like that. So we called it Packy loop. Um, cause it was just this random movie. I think we went to see because Monica Bellucci was in it and we're like, Oh, she's hot. Let's go see this movie. And, um, but, uh, and seeing that character of the hunter, and I was like, no that this is exactly this character from this random movie. And then so of see the you know chain whip and I was like, how they made a, a game out of this movie. This doesn't make any sense. Um, but uh, but yeah and, and I was like, that that's cool and but again, that series hadn't really you know it, I wasn't obsessing over it or anything. and I think it wasn't until launch day when I was I was just driving around town for some reason realized it was the day that it came out and said, ah, uh, there's a target right there. They have games. Let me go get Bloodborne. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd already had a PS4 at that time, um, but I think i only played, like, the Shadow of Middle Earth, Mordor, whatever game it was at that time. So, yeah, I, I didn't get the system for it, but that was what put the system through its paces, definitely. Sure, yeah. That,
0: uh, I went back and rewatched Brotherhood of the Wolf within the last year or so, and uh, it's amazing how much style bloodborne cribbed from that from that movie <laughs> like it's like the like a character dresses up basically like lady maria in that movie like that's just i mean that's what she looks like
1: yeah yeah it's it's pretty exact and have they have they, have they explicitly said there's a connection there that that was an inspiration for it i don't, I I don't know
0: I-, I don't know if they've ever like directly been asked or anything but like uh so i, I haven't seen that in interview um richard pillbeam and i'd have to dig to find this thread richard pillbeam did a thread where he was taking screenshots and like it was, I mean, he, he must've done like 40 or 50 long, a tweet thread, uh, taking screenshots and analyzing them from like the perspective of bloodborne and matching stuff up. Oh, wow. me. It was, uh, it was really interesting. I'll have to see if I can find that to, to post in the show notes. Huh?
1: But, uh, but yeah. So, and then, and once, once I started playing that, that was like, I think it was everything I remember liking about demon souls and dark souls, but with a lot of the stumbling blocks stripped away. And just something about it clicked really quickly for me. Um, you know, I mentioned before, I, I, I dislike playing JRPGs and, I, and I've realized through playing all these games now many times, um, one of the things I appreciate the most about it is that I, I like that the series gives you the ability to completely mitigate damage on your own. Like, and, th- you know, to the point where, you know, people are doing these videos of I ran through the whole series and didn't get hit, which is insane, but but I like that I can make sure that I don't die or that I don't hit. And I didn't like how in strategy games and you know turn based combat systems, you know sometimes there's just nothing you can do, and that the enemy will crit you, and you know you can't get out of the way, you can't block it, you can't dodge it, and that was always really frustrating to me. So th- this game I felt like was the antithesis of that, where you could move quick, you can move fast. I never really relied on. Using the shield very effectively, I think in Demon Souls. So not having one of those was fine by me, as long as I figured out how dodging worked. Um, and the game just looked unbelievable. Like it's, I still go back to that thing and look at it, and it's like a technical marvel.
0: It really um, is. Like I just there's there's something amazing about that. Just the atmosphere and everything in that game. Like it just, as soon as you turn it on, you're like, oh shit, this is the good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so I think so that that game. Sort of made me go crazy, <laughs> and um, and yeah, kind of just playing nonstop. And then I think that that year, it, yeah, I think the DLC came out at the end of the same year. Um, jumped immediately into that, and that was the only. I mean, there were there were probably three or four like real walls I hit in that game. Um, and it wasn't until I I got to the DLC that that I completely hit a wall. Like that was just that was difficulty I could not get past and even with other people helping and you know i didn't realize till at the time really what it was was you know the first time i was playing it i'd already beat the game so i'm playing the dlc on new game plus and <laughs> <laughs> i would mention and i think at the time i'm, I'm like i didn't really know what threat, what reddit was or you know so i'm looking up is there like a bloodborne looking for game website and i finally found something and i, I did connect with some people and was like okay i, I, I want to play this game oh yeah, yeah, yeah no problem I've, I've been through it a hundred times and going into that Orphan of Cause fight and just everybody with me just getting killed as well. And they're like, What? I don't understand what's going on. And then they're like, Wait, are you are you in New Game Plus? And it's like, Yeah, and they're like, Oh, okay, you are <laughs> this, not leveled for this. Yeah. This
0: is a little bit harder than it usually is.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it wasn't until there that I bounced off it. But I I mean there was a time where Blood Beast made me want to quit the game and then uh, yeah, but but mostly uh it was it was a pretty it felt like a pretty steady progression towards the ending and just just every aspect of that. Um, other than the fact that in my first playthrough, I, I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't understand exactly what the Blood Rock was supposed to do, or I just knew I needed one <laughs> or something and uh, either couldn't find it in the game or didn't have it or wasted it on something, so I think I ended up buying one for like 60 insight and um, and then it was real frustrating because then I got to a place where I wanted to do co-op a lot and I, I didn't have any insights. So I couldn't call people in, so and I, at the time, I didn't have a good understanding of how I could accumulate that other than just, you know, beating bosses and playing through the game. So that was another... I got stuck for quite a while until I realized I could just hang out and, and help people with bosses, which was super fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, I did that for quite a bit. I mean, I've done that across all of the games, though. Like, I would I would sit on the couch with, like, a book and just wait to get summoned for ONS, and you know, I spent a lot of time in the Chalice Dungeons, like, trying to help people out with difficult bosses and things like that. Like, it's just it's that it scratches that i want to play the game itch but i don't want to play all of the game (laughs) like i just want to play a little bit a a limited portion of the game and have some fun with friends or have some friends with fun with strangers so
1: right and it and i did the additional strategy too of like i don't have the thing in me where i have to beat all the bosses by myself i'm happy to you know bring in npcs or bring in co-op people just because it's a a different kind of fun and i i want to make progress through the games i don't want to I can remember there was an ad for a like a strategy guide back in the 90s and um it had like some polygon model of laura croft probably <laughs> looking very sexy in her low poly model um it said something like don't get beat by a game and i remember that silly phrase The like, don't get and I, but it's true like i was like i i shouldn't let a game's difficulty like prevent me from having fun if i can get past it somehow with a system that's built into the game i'll do that um but yeah, then realizing I could also you know help people with a boss I hadn't even fought yet—that was cool. It's like oh, I learned some strategies here, and then I can apply it to my game. That like cool. <laughs> so, and that's, that's how this works. Well, and it's it's realizing like there's literally no downside to you know offering up help to people in these games because I think it's so cool like that you can just sit there and kind of sherpa people through stuff or just help them with you know certain pinch points, and I think that that's so frictionless that I'm I'm still amazed to this day that no matter which game I play um, I guess with the exception of demon souls now probably that there are still people playing all of these things and that I will still find people offering up help in the most random places. Like this is a dedicated fan base. (laughs) So so I'm happy to be one of those people where I can be.
0: Yeah. Yesterday I joined a uh, discord server that's full of people that are still um, going through like the arduous process of documenting every single possible chalice dungeon uh, variety. Like they're, they're just, I mean, it's a, it's a woman named Trin and uh, the Discord server is called the Tomb Prospectors, but they have like huge spreadsheets filled with like all of this information. (laughs) You can do like false chalice dungeons to go get super cool gems early and all of this other stuff. Like it's nutso.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting. I've, I've definitely come around to being pro chalice dungeon. Um, I don't I don't think I understood them or even un- I got what they were for when I first started playing. But but I basically had... Bloodborne's interesting because I, I have three very distinct kind of uh, styles of going through the game that, that sort of created three different experiences. So the first time I played it, when I was kind of just right after launch and loved it, uh, I played through all the way to the end other than bouncing off of the DLC. And um, But I... Took the quote-unquote easiest ending of not fighting Garman because it just seemed like the right ending to me. Like, what? I don't even have to fight this guy. That's cool. Um, and uh, and I didn't find any of the optional areas in the game. Not a single one. So when I finally realized why I was bouncing off the DLC and decided to start another character, um, I you know in- integrated the DLC as part of that playthrough, or at least saved it till the end before I beat the final boss, and then went through and found all of the optional areas and all of the optional bosses. And there was so much stuff that it almost felt like I was getting to play a sequel. So it was really cool because I got to see what the nightmare frontier was and I can get inside this clinic with this weird lady. Oh wow, that's really cool. So it was it was like the gift they kept giving. <laughs> and then I finally <laughs> got to get through to the end of the DLC, um, you know, and play through that. And then it wasn't until the beginning of this year um, that I decided, Oh, you know, I, I I picked up a PS4 Pro at the end of the year and um I said, I, I gotta see what Bloodborne looks like on this. So I started messing with it. I was like, oh, it runs smooth. Nice. The frame rate's good. I should really just play this again. And I had a lot of <laughs> other games I wanted to play. But then that was the one where you know I looked and I said, Okay, I'm only missing like two trophies. I I guess I gotta figure out this chalice dungeon thing. And that that is a slog to get that that Numerian queen trophy but um but it was fun because i i i got to you know it's more bloodborne like you and other guests have said before like i don't know how anybody could have a problem with that it's it's there's enemies in the game that aren't you know, there aren't in the rest of the game bosses that aren't in the rest of the game it's you know the the ge- geometry of everything is different like i had a ton of fun um other than hanging out in the defiled chalices for a while <laughs> that, that wasn't my favorite <laughs>
0: thing yeah i think as a uh like noted chalicator gary butterfield and i have have debated about this back and forth and i think as um i think as a narrative device i think they fall very much short especially with the like putting that the huge difficulty wall that is the Defile chalice in there to get to like a what is a payoff but probably not worth the the sweat and the tears that you put into getting past the Defile chalice but i think as a Concept The Chalice Dungeons are really, really interesting. And I'm super bummed that this will probably be just like a one-off thing because they got so kind of publicly, um, I guess, shat upon. I don't really know what the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, But so many people seem to hate them so much uh, that, I, like, I feel like that system would work so much better in a Dark Souls game than a Bloodborne game, uh, like, you know, just with the amount of items and weapons and stuff at your disposal. And I, it's, it's a shame that, like, Dark Souls 3 didn't have... A, a, a super advanced version of uh, the chalices, or hell, even I, I, I haven't said this in a while, but I have said this before. Like it's it's a bummer to me that they didn't even put like the DLC stuff into the chalice dungeons and really mix it up. Like imagine defiled orphan of cause and like a real tiny room. <laughs> like that would be great.
1: That could be, but yeah, I I, I I thought those were fascinating. I had I had a good time with that. So, but um, but going back to to dark, I think you know when when everything finally clicked and I was just over my head, you know, head over heels about Bloodborne. Um, I had sort of, you know, I'd looked at it as something different than those other games. But then I was um, I was on a business trip at the beginning of 2016. Um, and uh, this is ridiculous. But I was uh, I was in Hawaii and uh, in my hotel room at board at the end of the day. And and they had PS3s in the rooms that were, I guess, supposed to be like the DVD players. And they had like a, a rental um kiosk where you could just get movies for free down by the checkout desk and um, so I was like I'll find a movie to play but then I realized they had ps3 games in there and they had dark souls 2 and I was like well (laughs) I guess I'll play dark souls 2 which I think I had had bought it at the time at some point when I found it on sale or found a cheap used copy but really didn't touch it at all and so, um, you know, while I should have been hanging out on the beaches of Waikiki, I was playing Dark Souls 2 instead.
0: <laughs> and, wow.
1: Um, <laughs> that was a nice to um, yeah, it was, it was sad in retrospect, but that was, you know, playing through that a little bit and it didn't have any internet connectivity. So I was just sort of messing around with the early parts of the game. And it was when I finally went through that and, and that was when, you know, the fever pitch was starting to build for Dark Souls 3. And this is going to be the end of the series. No more after this. So I, I said I, I really do need to make an effort to to go back to Dark Souls. So I sat down with the game again and said, "Okay, I am gonna I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna figure this out. I know there's good stuff in here." Um, and uh, I found a I was trying to look for just help on the internet. I found a somebody on YouTube, uh, Hunter Starcraft, I think is the name of the guy, and uh, he had done a long play of the series back in January 2012. So I guess not too much longer than after the game came out. And I went through and just did everything he did in every video. It was really stupid, but I, I wanted to make sure I knew where, where I was going. I knew what to do because I, I was so confused about where I was supposed to go in that game because it wasn't just a, a single, you know, one, 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 two, one, three. Like I so I, I did everything this guy did. I leveled the same way. I picked the same weapons, like followed his path. It was, I was just basically watching a video and going, okay, now do that. Then watch another video. Okay, now do that. But what I liked about it was it, it, you know, it got me well leveled for every aspect of the game and, and I was able to see the thing through the end. And then that, I think that sort of deep dive into that game with all of that sort of video backing and him explaining lore stuff you're going through. That was what made me go really nuts over the dark souls part of the Soulsborn Soulborn Soulsborne series. And that, then looking at, that's when I led into that thing where you talked about where, you know, I'm, I'm going to now dig for every scrap of everything that I can get. <laughs> that yeah. was where I found out about Bonfireside Chat, which probably led me to Between Humanities and Dark Insight and You Died, which I didn't realize until recently was you in that game, which is very interesting to think that. Oh, that jerk that we read about? That's Jeremy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm the biggest jerk. Uh, yeah. You <laughs> Died is a, is a great book and I, I feel pretty privileged to, to be in it. Um, uh, but because it's it's, jason is such a great writer and he's such a just a soft-spoken and and great person that it's it was just a like a pleasure to be in that book and then um as patty stardust from twin humanities always says like you're you're in the book of dark souls as the asshole like you're the asshole that they wrote about it like you're you're the so yeah it's kind of weird now looking back and being like oh yeah i was that guy that's pretty awesome they put that on uh they put that article on ign or like a snippet of that article uh when that came out and um so for a while it was like on the front page of ign and i have a bunch of uh screenshots of comments saved and it's all exactly what you would expect from ign like losers like this make the game bad i can't believe you're giving these trolls this like i just i was cleaning out my the my camera roll the other day and came across a ton of them and i was like oh god this brings back memories
1: Uh That's awesome. That's great, but you know it's it's part of the game. So it's it's part of the the fun of it. And I didn't do any much PvP stuff until a little bit of Dark Souls 2. But uh, yeah, I I I, oh, I I got to a point where being invaded was never a problem. I mean, at worst, I'm going to lose everything I have, but then you know, I'll go. I'll get it back. But. What's this person going to do? Is this going to be a straight fight? Are they going to try to help me with something? Are they going to trick me into something? Are they going to kick me off of something? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it was, it's always, you never knew what you are going to get. And I remember talking to some friends. I said, uh, I said, you know, with, with invasions and with co-op, you know, there's a couple things to look out for. You know, if you're calling somebody in, you know, and you see this big, you know, hulking monstrosity with horns and antlers and a giant greatsword coming out. Okay, that's cool. But if you if you see somebody signed and it's like a naked person with no weapons, they're the crazy one that you want to bring in. <laughs> they, they, know,
0: they know exactly what they're doing and you need to watch out.
1: <laughs> so when an invader would come in naked into my game and go, oh, God, all right, what do I have in store? So
0: <laughs> it's interesting that, uh, like, watching those videos uh, were something that helped you kind of get into the rest of the series i think that uh for a lot of people dark souls lacks that kind of context until you start digging and realizing like oh there's more below the surface that i'd never even picked up on and now i want to know everything like i think that's a it's 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 both a plus and a minus in the games to me like there's the game hints that there's stuff under the surface but if unless you dig there and, and like kind of see just a little bit of it it's easy to miss um and i like that like it's it's really interesting that you can miss a, like a large amount of content across all of these games, and like that's such such an alien method of game development that we don't really see anymore. Where, you know, a, tri- a normal AAA game would have like giant arrows pointing at you, like here's the good content that you just spent the twenty dollar pass on. Like you you need this over here. Whereas From Software is just very well content with like yeah, there's a whole DLC area that you can buy and completely miss. Go g- good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's you know the, which you can read is either confidence or just stupidity and i think that they, you know i've always thought of that kind of stuff as confidence you know that they have a way that they want these games to be played they have a, a way that they want to set up this world um yeah i heard your episode with Brad Galloway he had a very different opinion about that sort of stuff <laughs> that's um, true
0: yeah brad but, but came it's out fair. <laughs>
1: yeah and I, but i get it i mean that that you you craft from from the game maker's perspective to spend the time and the effort and the energy to make something like you know Kanehurst and which again one of those areas i didn't even know existed the first time i played through that game and then come back and go this is incredible like how can all of this be hidden but but i think it's it's one of those things that just lets you kind of dig deeper and deeper and deeper into it like i the lore part has always been the sort of least interesting part for me just because i i like the mechanics so much and i like the world so much and the characters so much um but if you if you want to look at that stuff you know that's there and i can remember after you know Really getting into the DLC the second time of um, of Bloodborne and then listening to probably the Bonfire Side chat um, episode that I think might have been Richard Pilbeam actually talking about sort of the lore of the DLC. And I, I was sort of scratching my head going, was this the same game with Japanese <laughs> uh, spirituality and Asian and what huh and so but i appreciate that there are people picking that kind of stuff apart so it's super impressive but uh yeah I, but again then maybe 3 years from now i'll decide hey i really want to get into the lore of this stuff
0: man i don't um, uh, and- i've i've interviewed richard for this podcast and uh it's it he is so fascinating to talk to because like he'll his insight no pun intended into bloodborne or dark souls but specifically bloodborne like he can just tear the games apart in a way that i don't think anybody can really keep up with and if you haven't and i'm saying this to you chris but also to the listener if you haven't go seek out uh sinclair Lores channel on youtube uh she does podcasts with richard all the time and they are absolutely fantastic like sin is a delight richard is super smart and funny like it's they're they're worth going to track down it's pretty much the only lore content i consume in 2019 so
1: (laughs) good times good times but yeah and and, i mean it's that stuff's all there and I, I, i i think it's so great That if you want to focus on that, you know, the idea that, you know, this game has been sort of, you know, lauded for how, you know, it doesn't hold your hand and it doesn't spell things out, um, which contrasts so much with a lot of the games that were coming out at the time, like you said, um. It it just makes for a unique experience. I mean, it can be what you want it to be. So if you just want to run through everything, and I remember somebody watching me play, I don't know which one of the games I was probably streaming on PS4 at some time. Said, "Why aren't you fighting anything? You're just running." <laughs> I was like, "You can do that. Like you don't have to fight everybody." I was like, "No, I've already fought these guys. Like I just I got to get to where I'm getting to." And and you can do that if you want to. So the speed running community is nuts, and I would never want to do that. But you know, or the challenge run stuff, I haven't done any of that stuff, but. I like that other people can do it, um, and I think it's fascinating. And the game allows for that kind of stuff. It's 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 pretty pretty amazing.
0: That almost uh, like learning that almost broke these games for me because I spent. Uh, I, had, I had some real issues with Dark Souls 3. Like, I really enjoyed playing it, but I got I picked a really bad class to start with. And so I spent a lot of that game just like, oh, yeah, it's Dark Souls. I can literally just run past these people. Like, I barely fought anything on my first run <laughs> in that game. I just had spook, and I had basically no clothes on, and I was just hightailing it through the game as much as possible. Uh, and that kind of, I think, r- not ruined, but kind of soured my experience on that game a little bit. Uh, like, I still have fun with it, but it was... Like a friend of mine says like he always wants to before he starts just dashing through the levels he wants to at least kill every enemy once and uh, I think that's part of like playing the game and I kind of I kind of skipped it out on that for myself as so, though I, I see the plus and the minus. like I like that you can do it but also like if, uh, doing that on a first run kind of robbed robs yourself of having a good experience.
1: Yeah, agreed. And, you know, there's still something about that game, too. I I think 3 is my least favorite of the series, and all my friends disagree with me about that. It does play extremely well, and I have been thinking lately that it might be worth going back to, just to see, just mainly to see how it runs on the Pro, but um, also to give it another shot. But when I think about that game, and I think about the atmosphere, it's weird, because I think it cribs so much from Bloodborne as far as, like, visual style, and just sort of the color palettes. I think of back on Bloodborne very fondly. I, I don't. On... Dark Souls 3 its just something it, it feels sort of oppressive and ugly and depressing. And I don't know if it's like the Corvians or, or what it is exactly. But yeah, that, you know, and for all of it to be capped off with the DLC the way it was. Like, I had a ton of fun with the, the first part of the Dark Souls 3 DLC. But that second part, the Ring City was just, it just felt like, ah, come on, are you kidding me? My favorite part of that was getting to watch a friend play it later and not tell him about those shadow archers and to watch him. Watch like that was, that was the absolute highlight of that for me. But, um, but then the nice part about it was, was I did eventually, you know, three, I played shortly after launch. You know, I sort of considered it my game of that year that we did on our podcast. I always picked that out and it was my game of the year. It's a fun game. I like that game. Like you, like you and other people have said before a bad souls game is still better than 99% of everything out there. But, um, and then I went through and played through 2, which for some reason is the game I've spent the most just clock time in. And I must have fallen asleep at the controller or something. My, my Dark Souls 2 playthrough There's like over 300 hours. That's a big game, but I don't feel like it's 300 hours big. I don't know what I did there. But um, And then after that, I, I played through the DLC of all the games in reverse chronological order as my kind of capper for the series. So the, the last thing I played that was new for me was the Artorias DLC. And that was, a, that was a great way to kind of put a bow on everything for that. So that was fun, um, you know, of getting to see that since, you know, the the, the, the Dark Souls 3 DLC left me kind of wanting.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked about it before, but I think I was so... I was just soulsed out by the time Marine City came along, and then it, it being a tremendous hurdle and having all of these things that I could get kind of expected you to run through instead of actually play. And just all of this, like just all of that compiled into me, like just kind of being, Ugh, I'm done. Like, I just don't want to do any of this anymore. And sure enough, like I got to Madeira, and I was like, Nope, never going to do this. See you guys. See you later. <laughs> and I just don't care. Um, and I know a lot of people who love that stuff. Like there's, I've interviewed people on the show. Um, who have, you know, done no-hit Madeer runs and all this other stuff, or Madeer-only punches, and, like, I'm I'm glad that they're into it that much, but I don't think I'll ever go back to any of that, like, post-game Dark Souls 3 content. I just don't care about it that much.
1: Yeah, I I remember posting comments on Cat the Wolf's twitter handle being i don't understand how you did that of beating <laughs> the that, it at, that was that was the that boss fight was the one that was the biggest even more than the nameless king that was the biggest hurdle for me and i did eventually beat it with a very very helpful person from japan actually who was trying to talk to me on the headset and i had no idea what he was saying um but yeah i just that's not fun like nothing about that felt good to me and um yeah uh (laughs) yeah and you know triple life bars and just the the sort of you know out of control arms race of difficulty like uh, not interesting like it takes away i think what was what was most fun about it where you know i i I can do things right and i can get into patterns i need to learn but if i have to execute on that pattern for 30 minutes straight like that's ridiculous (laughs) not
0: not gonna happen right no so uh i mean we've kind of talked about most of the games i'm curious to get your your opinion on uh, Sekiro coming out we're less than a week away at the time of recording by the time this comes out it'll be like everybody will have beaten it and talked about it and like it'll all be done (laughs) but uh you know they're changing the formula so much from a souls game like they're being very clear that it's not a souls game it's a single player only experience it's a named protagonist it's it's all this stuff uh I guess first, are you are you excited about this game, or are you kind of just totally trying to go in as blind as possible, or are you devouring all the info that's out there?
1: Where yet? I'm I'm real excited about it, so that's definitely my plan for next weekend is to be playing that. And um, I haven't spent a lot of time digging into it. Like I know, I know there's been some pretty impressive <laughs> you know, collections of people picking apart. I think I watched the very first video. That Vadi did about whatever the original in that like 40 second teaser trailer, um, you know, just to dissect what are these characters in the background what's this weird blood rope arm thing Um, but then I haven't really looked into much of that afterwards and I think that what I'm most excited about is visually it looks super impressive and I think these they do an amazing job with pretty in games, Um, (laughs) even if their version of pretty can be pretty ugly Um, but uh, the speed of it looks super exciting to me the verticality of it and and the fact that you know some of the just traditional systems that are in those games are just not there anymore and i'm, I'm curious to see what that looks like so i know you know a lot of people have said you know i can't wait to see what this studio does after they move past the souls thing i i'm i'm excited to see that this is specifically what you know one branch i know they've still got some stuff that they're working on that we don't know a lot about but um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I don't know a heck of a lot about it. I'm bummed that I won't be able to play through it um, with my friends or with strangers. Because I, I, li- I like playing the Soulsborne games by myself. That's a lot of fun. I like playing with my friends. That's a very different experience. And I really like playing with strangers. That's an even different experience. So um, the fact that it's single player only, eh. But then, you know, I've, I just last night wrapped up the campaign of Anthem, a game that I had a very very rough relationship with since it launched when it let me play it um and so i'm so up for like a single player not online experience like i yes this is exactly the right timing of this for me
0: yeah i'm um i'm kind of between video games now um and i just like i don't want to start anything (laughs) like i was kind of looking at uh like, I started Persona 5, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is this is not the game to play several weeks before uh, Sekiro comes out. And then, you know, I, I was looking at it because they did a Stellaris uh, console edition, and I was like, man, I could really get into some Stellaris. Like, I bet that would be dope. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, you can't. <laughs> it's probably going to be like a 120-hour video game. You can't do that. So...
1: Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to be picking up and putting down a lot of things. I'll probably be like, oh, maybe I'll just play Super Mario Bros. 2 again. I can do that in 10 minutes. So, yeah, that'll exactly.
0: Be <laughs> yeah. That's what the Switch is real good for. Like, I'm, you know, it's pretty much just Isaac for the most part. Uh, and, you know, just a couple of small games like that that's easy to pick up and, and put down. So that's right. Um, what do you, you know, obviously we we're, we're both excited for Sekiro, but like, what is your ideal from software project? Like if they have some stuff unannounced, uh, do you want to, do you want to see him go back to bloodborne Two? Do you want to see him do something completely off the wall or what, what's your, what's your ideal scenario?
1: Well, I think coming in after the fact, like I've, I've it retroactively gone back and tried to mess around with some of their older titles, like, you know, downloaded armor core onto my Vita and, um, I, I've picked up some of these very strange sort of PS2 era games that they've had. I tried, tried. oh, I tried so hard to play Shadow Tower and I just could not um, get anywhere with that, you know, remapping all of the controls to make it something of a playable experience. But um, I, I think for me, my favorite part of the game is, is I, I go back to that thing I mentioned about mechanics and about mitigating damage. And so anything that has, you know, a, a battle system that is similar to you know, the the Souls games or to Bloodborne would be interesting to me. I had this little pet theory going for a while and I'm so disappointed it didn't work out even though there shouldn't. I had a theory that um, for a while, Nintendo had revealed um, that they were going to make another Metroid Prime. They were going to make Metroid Prime 4, but they didn't say anything about the developers. And uh, (laughs) they came through with Samus Returns for 3DS. I actually have reasoning here. Um, And they added a melee button to that Metroid game um i was like okay that's interesting and so i had it stuck in my head i was like and they added guns to bloodborne oh my god from software is gonna make the new metroid game and sure, I, was so, yeah. I was like why not they you know they said they're gonna do something off the wall something you wouldn't expect and then when they announced it, it was just you know i think it was bandai and then they now it's been rebooted again with um retro who made the original series I was like that's fine but um so if, if it's something that you know that ki- that holds that system. I think that'd be great for a while. I thought um, just something set in the modern world would be interesting. So I don't know. Could go the earthbound route and just make it about people, like in the, I, I guess people that are gonna fight each other. But um, but I, there does seem to be some kind of a need for some sort of a supernatural type aspect to it. Um, so I was thinking lately about um, that area that's after. Uh, Forest of the Fallen Giants and Dark Souls 2, the pirate area? Can't think of what it's called.
0: The, um, at the Gulch. Oh, what is the name? Man, that's gonna frustrate me. Um... Oh, it's on the t- – it's not the best deal. It's That's what connects you to the- – it's on the tip of my damn tongue. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Keep talking cool. and I'll, we'll come up with
1: it. Okay. You'll, get, you'll just yell it out. Um, but, yeah, so I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, pirates, a lot of interesting fashion stuff, lots of weapons, melee focus, but also you know, occasionally there's you know projectile weapons. That could be cool. So I guess in my head uh, some kind of a pirate thing thing could be interesting. I don't know. I played a really good third-person action pirate game. Um Uh, I do like no man's there it is no man's War. there you go uh but yeah yeah I'd be down for your cowboy idea uh pirates could be fun uh ninja I think they've got covered um I think neo was the only one of the sort of souls likes that I really like got into um so I feel like that game has done that for me I don't I don't need from to do that but uh yeah give me a give me an active battle system and I'll be happy
0: the idea of from software developing Metroid Prime is so fucking crazy and off the wall that now I kind of <laughs> just want it to happen. Like I I just you know, they could it would be such a weird game. Like I mean it would it would actually kind of work. Like I I know Metroid Prime doesn't really hold up very well nowadays, but uh like I was blown away by that game when I got it when it came out. Like I was having, I had so much fun with it. And man, the idea of like from software hiding Metroid lore (laughs) and doing like weird boss fights. That's so exciting. That's really cool. I I could be into
1: that. yeah, you know, you are scanning things to get information and you know, before the series when they first announced Prime, the original one, it was a third person game and then it, they shifted it to a first person thing. And I'm okay, well, From has the background to do either third person or first person, so they could do either of those things. Yeah, I I was really this was like a this is like getting excited about something as a kid that's based on nothing and yeah. then realizing because you don't have anything to back it up it's misinterpreting
0: a like an ad in the back of a Nintendo power and just carrying it with you for the rest of your life It's <laughs> be exactly. like no no it's definitely true it's definitely true I remember this oh,
1: funny. <laughs> so now when you finally do get to play Metroid, Metroid prime 4 you're gonna have that in the back of your head and well like, yeah, it could have been, better. been better
0: i man they would have to do so much work to pull me back in after Metroid Prime theory like i i just i just I'm just not into that game as as <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for, for guesting on the podcast and for coming and telling me all about your soul story. I really appreciate it. This has been a delight. Thanks, man. Um, where can you be found on the internet?
1: Um, I am on Twitter at ClawGlip, C-L-A-W-G-L-I-P. It's a typo of a boss name from Super... Brothers Two, that's at the end of that game, um, and I'm that on most things. I think PSN and probably Xbox and all that kind of stuff too. Um, I mentioned my friends and I have a podcast we've been doing since 2012. That's called the Used Game. Um, I think we're at the Used Gamers on Twitter. It's just basically me posting screenshots of glitches and videos of silly things that I've done in games, and uh, occasionally other stuff that we have there. And I think the podcast can probably be found in all of the normal podcast places. But uh, yeah. This has been great.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes and, uh, make sure you go click on all of them so you can check that out. Uh, and thank you again for, for guesting, man. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don't give up com. That has links to merchandise. If you want to put a skelly on your belly, it has links to all the previous episodes that you could possibly want to listen to, um, it also has links to the Patreon, and uh, since Secure was out, I can make this... Uh, well, I think I've already told, said this on the podcast. I record at weird times, so just bear with me if you've already heard this. Um, but uh, Patreon, the Don't Give Up Skeleton Patreon, is going to be ha- home to a brand new podcast where I'm revisiting the old guest and talking about their soul's experiences since we last recorded. And so the podcast has been going for over three years now. I think it's really interesting to go back to some of those early episodes, uh, especially post Sekiro and get people's opinions on From Software. So check all that out. Patreon.com slash don't give up skeleton. I almost said my other podcast name because I do this too, too much. <laughs> really got to stop this. Um, and until next week, remember everybody, don't give up skeleton.
1: And we're good good i remember you saying a while ago that you had this idea of going back and following up with people so that's cool that you're doing that yeah man